The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. she was here. (laughs) Krista was here. And I remember I felt so alone. I had no friends. It was just me and the kids. And Kyle was working all day long. And I didn't have a car because we shared a car. And so I was stuck at home all day long in a new city, new neighborhood. We didn't know anybody. And I remember Krista coming over for coffee several times. And I remember telling Kyle, I was like, Kyle, she is my friend. (laughs) It's like, I have no other friends, and she is my friend. And I felt so loved that she would spend time with me. And and I just really appreciated that. I mean, you guys know what it's like to be lonely. And when someone comes along you, and that just shows that God sees you, and he's showing you love in that way. Another way that uh, God has lavished his love on me is receiving meals. Have you guys ever received a meal from someone? (laughs) So I've had four kids. That's why I keep having kids. So I know I get a week of free meals. It is incredible. I just love that, that people would stop what they're doing. They would cook their own meal for their own family and also provide one for us. That shows love, that people would care about your family and your family's needs. Um, Back in Bend, Oregon, Kyle and I had the honor of being youth group leaders. We were the pastors there, and it was so much fun. Six years, um, it was a lot of joy. And I remember, I will never, ever forget this, um, Sammy and a dear friend, Zoe, they went out and they worked and earned money so that they could purchase a Bible for me because my dog had <laughs> had torn it to shreds, which, in fact, they now have that dog. So kind of ironic. <laughs> so anyways, they, Sammy, I think, how old were you? I don't know, 13? Yeah, she was 13. She went out and worked to provide to buy a Bible for me with my name inscribed on it and I I will never forget that that was so there was so much love in that and it was amazing because I couldn't go out and buy my own that God was showing me through these amazing girls that he loves me that he cares about the condition of my Bible and I was so amazed by that um Also in Bend, we had a wood stove that would heat our entire house. Um, And by entire house, it was like 800 square feet. It was tiny. (laughs) But we still needed firewood to heat this house. And I remember there were several people in our church. I'm talking several. I think there was like five or six. I don't even remember. Five or six people that went out up into the fire, into the woods, to cut down firewood. I'm talking, it's, it is hard work. You're chopping down trees, you're chopping them into logs, and you're hauling them up the hill into the back of trucks. In the snow, it's freezing, it's cold, and they're all doing that. They're not going to benefit from that. They didn't. All they did was they did it for us to show us love. And I remember just sitting there in the winter when it was so cold outside, stoking the fire, and thinking and remembering, man, there's so many people that worked really hard to get us this firewood. And I felt so loved 
God was lavishing his love on me because he cares about me. He cared about that I would have a warm, toasty house. Um, so I love that. Um, marriage is really hard. And if you are married here or if you hope to get married someday, just know that it is hard. It's a lot of fun. Marriage is fun. But it's also a lot of work. And I remember there are lots of times, lots of little stories that I can think of where I had to ask for forgiveness, where I've hurt Kyle and he's forgiven me. And that was incredible. Time and time again, that forgiveness is incredible. And it reveals God's heart. It reveals his heart for unity. And it shows love. If you've ever been forgiven, you know what that feels like. It's one thing to ask for forgiveness and say, you know what, I, can you please forgive me and to receive that. But when you personally have hurt or wronged someone and you ask for forgiveness and to that to be washed away, just like Jesus did, for someone to do that for you, that's a representation of how good God is. That's a representation of Jesus himself. And so that forgiveness does so much more than even money could do, even um, firewood could do. But that um, forgiveness is love. Um, I remember when we were moving here and we're buying our house. And it was very stressful because we kept getting outbid and people kept winning houses that we loved. And I remember we almost gave up until um, Kyle's bosses, Kyle's amazing bosses, secretly called our lender and said, hey, what can we do to um, increase their salary, to get them into a house that works for them? And I remember just crying because God loved us so much that God would use people, God would use our bosses, our pastors, he would put them in our lives because they cared about us, because God cares about us. That was lavishing we moved into this gorgeous house that we never thought we could get into. And now we are outgrowing it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but it's just incredible what God will do with people and how he will show you how he lavishes love on you. And money. We um, have been received, we have been given lots of money before. Um, just in random times, people have dropped, given us checks. People have left money in our car, just on our dashboard, in times where people don't even know. They don't even realize that there's a need in our life, and people come and deliver it to us. And that's because of God. That's because God spoke to them, and he's lavishing love on us, and we got to be the recipients of that. There's been so many times where, we call them our community group fairies, um, but there's been so many times where we uh, will be cleaning up after community group, and Kyle, I was, Kyle and I are always talking, man, it was such a great night, and we're cleaning up, and we find like $20 in the fruit basket, or we find like $10 in the hot sauce jar, and we're finding money all over the place, and we just get to say, thank you, community group fairy, whoever you were, <laughs> leaving us random money, it's a blessing. Um, one of my most favorite memories is recently, um, my birthday was in September, and Kyle did a whole surprise party with our community group, and they brought up a journal, and inside the journal was all these words of encouragement, and I look at that frequently from all the people that I love and care about, and that is God lavishing his love on me. 
Um, and I think one of the greatest ways that God shows me love and lavishes his love on me is actually through my kids and actually people loving on my kids. When you are a parent and someone loves on your kids, that is a thousand times greater than them actually loving on you. Uh, we recently went to the Hicks house, and it was like Christmas Day. We left with loads of gifts. We were le- we were walking to the car, bringing in. We had like I don't know a remote control motorcycle. We had, we had so much stuff from the Hicks because they were just lavishing love on my kids, just because they love my kids, and it was amazing. And just the other day, we were here, and Jen. <clears throat> Just yesterday, we are wrapping up the women's conference, and Jen, my kids showed up, and Jen's like, oh, you want something to eat? Okay, you want some juice? And she's just handing out food and juice to them, and my kids are like, Jen, you're the best. I love you. (laughs) But But it makes me feel loved. Like, God is lavishing his love on me. Um. And I think the greatest one that um, I'm going to end on this story is that um, we, Kyle and I, have always dreamed uh, of becoming pastors and leading our own church someday. And um, about four, uh, I guess about three years ago, that dream had actually died completely. And we said, I mean, I don't know if Kyle said this, but I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. God, I don't think that's what you want from me. And how many of you guys have ever had a dream that's died before in your life? Like something exciting that you were excited about and said, man, I want to do this. Maybe when I get older, maybe it's in the near future. But something has caused that dream to die. And it did for me. And I said, you know what, I'm giving up. I'll just be a really good Christian and I'll serve where I, you know, I need to serve. And, but I'm not going to commit to being a pastor anymore because it just hurts too bad. I, I just can't do it, God. And I remember it wasn't until um, Andy and Carrie came alongside of us and spoke life into that dream, spoke life into us and fought for that dream to where I actually saw it again. That is God lavishing his love on me. God said, no, don't give up. He brought people into my life to encourage me, to speak peace into that, to speak life. He brought people into my life to see that. I don't think I would have seen it any other way. And so I'm so thankful that he did because I know that there's a bigger purpose in my life than just being a really awesome Christian. And so I'm so thankful for that. And as I was going over these stories, God put this verse in my heart. Um, It says in Ephesians 3, it says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in God's love, you may have the power, and it says right here, it says, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep God's love is for you. It says together with God's holy people. It's only together that we're able to grasp the depth and the width and the height and the vastness of God's love for you and for others. It's together. That's what it says right here in the Bible. We cannot grasp it on our own. We cannot do it just solely on reading the word alone. We have to be in community. We have to see that together with God's holy people. And so Kyle's going to come up and he's going to share on what that looks like kind of on a more practical note.
man, I feel like I just got socked in the gut. I'm like, oh, i got to catch my breath. Like, I, I wasn't, like, wow, that was amazing, Jenna. Like, I, gosh, wow, that's incredible. Uh, whew, I got to, I wasn't even ready. I thought you, I just wanted you to keep going. You know what I mean? Like, just don't stop. You got it, man. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, so, you know, I, I love what Jenna's saying because it really is revelation, it's testimony to God's goodness, right? And it, again, it's a reflection of God's love, not a reflection of anything else. And so that's really cool. And so um, I wanted to pick up a little bit uh, where she had left off and, and just talk about, first of all, something that actually kind of blows my mind. It kind of fascinates me about people. And, and what that is, is that people can cause the deepest hurts. Right? We sit here and we talk about all these great things that God has done, but there's also been a lot of hard things that have happened to Jenna, to me, and to you as well. And there's this weird dichotomy, like these two opposing things that are equal, where people can cause the deepest hurts and people can bring the greatest healing. And that's the way that God designed it for us to be able to be healed by each other. And so, uh, we're going to talk about that today because I know there are people out here that, you know, you have some great testimonies. You have some great stories of what God has done in your life, but you also have some deep hurts. And, and as Jenna said and Jesse said, there is a theme running through this morning where God is going to bring healing to some people. And, and we're going to talk about that. And we're going to end on it later. But God's going to bring some freedom to you today. I'm excited about it. There's this verse, uh, a couple of verses in Psalm 142, and it, and it kind of talks about this, this uh, dichotomy, right? This, these two opposing things. Psalm 142, starting in verse 3, says, When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, in the life that I live as I go day to day, from my past to my future, in the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me, and a snare is like a trap, something that's going to hurt me. It's going to bring me harm. People have hidden a snare for me. Look and see. There is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. And how many times have we been in that position? Have we been in that place where nobody cares? No one's at my right hand. No one is worried if I'm alive or dead. I've been there before. And it's not a fun feeling. And what's so cool about this verse and about that, the, uh, three, three and four there, is that God left it in his word, right? And, and, and it's funny because we're going if to, you, if you look at this verse and the person who is writing it, he's actually hiding from somebody that he cared about, that he was very close with. And that person that he cared about and that he was close with is hunting him down to kill him. And he served this person. He loved this person. He was, he was obedient to this person. And this person is now trying to hunt him down and kill him. And as he's hiding in this cave, the person who wrote this, guess what? He's surrounded by people. He has his mighty men with him, right? It's David and his mighty men. And so the, the point I'm trying to make with that is sometimes it can feel like, even when we're surrounded by people, that we're completely alone, that we're, we're, nobody cares for us. And what God wants to do is begin to shift that perspective, to shift that mindset this morning. And we'll read through the rest of this. It says, starting in verse 5, I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. This is, this is the key verse here. This is verse 7. Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness for me and goodness to me. 
And so I know there's a lot of people in here. You, you, some of you, you guys ever heard of a food aversion, right? So you have a food aversion. It's, that's when somebody eats like a piece of raw chicken or an undercooked chicken, and they get sick, and they never want to touch a piece of chicken again, right? I, I know somebody who, they took their honeymoon, they went on their honeymoon to, to Hawaii, and they ate so much pineapple that they never want to see another pineapple again. It just makes them sick to see it. I know for Jenna and I, um, before we had Liam A, we had a miscarriage. And while Jenna was pregnant with that first baby, uh, she had an upset stomach, you know, and it was just all cute and fun and exciting for us, you know, like, oh, first baby. And, and we would get this uh, specific, this Reed's ginger ale, uh, you know, from Jamaica or whatever, um, this really specific ginger ale to help her tummy. Right, and, and, and after we, we lost that baby, uh, you know, I have an aversion to that ginger ale. When I see it, I don't even, I never want to drink it again, right? And so, well, sometimes people, we have these food aversions. And I think some of us in this room, at certain points in life, or maybe right now, have people aversions, right? Where there's been so much bad and so much wrong and so much hurt that has happened to you that you just are, nope, not going to do that. You've set up walls. You've set up uh, this, this fortress to keep you safe, right? And, and the, what, what God wants to say today is that the fortress that you think is keeping you safe is actually a prison that's keeping you weak. And God wants to come and begin to open that prison door so that the righteous can gather around you so that way you can praise God, so that way you can see the goodness you can, you can have. God will be your portion in the land of the living. And so uh, we have these people aversions, right, because people can cause, people do cause the greatest hurts in our life. It, it's not money stuff. It's not inconveniences. It's not a wreck to my car. The things that cut us the deepest come from people. And maybe it's not necessarily somebody inflicted something on you, but you lost a family member, grandma passed away, those types of things. That hurts, right? And, and, and through people, God will bring the greatest healing. And there's this really cool uh, study that Harvard has been doing for like the last 80 years where they've taken a group of, of people and have been studying their lives for 80 years and studying their offspring, like, you know, a couple of thousand offspring. They've been watching their lives and seeing how they fare and how they do throughout their lives. And, 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 and what they've come is, uh, what they've discovered is this here. I'll read this from the study. It says, close relationships, more than money or fame, are what keep people happy throughout their lives, the study revealed. Those ties protect people from life's discontents, the things that frustrate us, the things that discourage us, that make us feel like why even be alive. Those relationships protect us from life's discontents, help to delay mental and physical decline, and are better predictors of long and happy lives than social class, IQ, or even genes. So what this is saying, what they're, what they're finding from the study is that more than your genetic makeup, more than your IQ, more than your, how much money you make, the thing that's going to keep you alive and healthy and happy are relationships. And so like I said, I know those folks in here, uh, you know, we, we, you hear Jenna, you know, uh, this whole string of incredible things and you, you hear about, you know, how the righteous will gather about you and you are sitting there thinking, Kyle, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've experienced and, and all I can say to that is I don't know. I don't know what it's like when you walk into that room and your chest gets tight because you see that person that did that. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it was like when that person that you trusted so deeply, that you had such an intimate relationship with, betrayed you. I don't know what that's like. I don't know the pain that you felt. 
I know that it hurt. I know that it wasn't fair. I know that people can cause the deepest hurts. And I also know that God wants to bring freedom and healing to those areas in your life and that it's going to come through people, through his people. And like I said, because of it all, you have this fortress that you've built up. And God, what he wants to do, like I said, he wants to burst open this door to bring you to a place where you can heal and grow, surrounded by the righteous, so that way you can take each step each day, not feeling afraid, not feeling scared, not feeling in despair, not having that anxiety in your chest that, that leads to this just depletion and this depression and, and this isolation that happens. And it's just funny the different ways that we have, we avert, you know, we, we have this people aversion you know, some people do isolate. They go into hiding. Some people, actually, I've seen humor become a way that people put up a fortress. They start joking about stuff. They start smiling about stuff, you know, and it's this huge defense mechanism to keep people away. I've seen people uh, be obtuse, be um, just very, like, just overly, like, uh, aggressive and, and almost annoying on purpose just to keep people away, to do these things that push people away. And so these, these different mechanisms, these different ways that we keep ourselves in prison, and what, like I said, God is saying that it's not keeping you safe, it's keeping you weak. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is the key? What is it that unlocks that prison door? And it's one thing, the first step to being able to open that prison door the first step to be able to experience that freedom, to experience that healing, and to allow the righteous to surround you is forgiveness. That's what Jesse was talking about. That's what Jenna's talking about. That's what God is talking about this morning. And here is the cool thing about forgiveness. You ready? This is so cool. Okay? Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a choice. You don't have to feel forgiveness. You don't have to feel like, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to forgive. You can choose to forgive. And as you choose to forgive, the prison door opens up. When Jesus was, was hanging on the cross, as he had that crown of thorns shoved onto his head, as his back and his body was mangled, right? As he's sitting there marred beyond recognition, what did he say? Did he say, I hate these people. They have hurt me. I am going to just go and stay inside of this tomb forever. What did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. Do you think it felt good in that moment for Jesus to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good to forgive? Or do you think that that was maybe a hard decision? Or do you think that maybe he was in a painful place and in the midst, in the middle of his pain, not even 10 years later, but as it's happening, he's choosing to forgive. And because of that forgiveness for my sin, for your sin, we get to have access to the Father. We get to have a relationship with the Father a relationship that's better than even what the Harvard study is revealing. We're talking about the God of the universe, the person who created everything, that created you, that created me, the person that, that put this air in my lungs, the person that gave me everything to sustain me and gave me everything to show me that he loves me, that I'm worth fighting for, that you're worth fighting for. Jesus died to bring that forgiveness so we can have that relationship with the Father. And it's so cool because he didn't stay in the prison. He didn't stay in that tomb for, for forever. He was resurrected, right? He came out of that tomb. He was resurrected so that way we could have the power and the ability to actually forgive regardless of how we feel about the situation. And like I said, as you choose to, to forgive and that prison door comes open, there's a whole amazing thing that happens when that door opens. You know, we look at the verse that the righteous will gather around you for, for his goodness, right? Because you will be able to praise his name. 
I know that in my life, as that prison door has opened, you know, I, I could rattle off stories as well, like, like Jenna has, and I think some of the most important, the, mo- the key things that God has, has done for me is, is uh, when I let that prison door open, is he began to bring healing to my heart towards my father wound, and he did it through a person. He did it through somebody who saw me kind of getting emotional during worship, and he said, hey, Kyle, uh, there's forgiveness, and I said, okay, cool, and he said, What's God speaking to you? And we began to talk about it. And before I could say anything, I just started weeping and sobbing. And I said, I've never had a dad, right? And he began to talk to me and pray for me and show me. Through a person, healing came for that wound. Through a person, healing came for the fact that I never had a family. I mean, I have a family, but it wasn't the best family. It wasn't what I believe that God had intended. And what's so cool about that is that God is restoring it. Like I have this family chat with my uh, mom, my sister, my brother, and it's just I mean, if you could see where things were 10, 15 years ago to where they are now, it's incredible. And I'm so grateful for what God has done. And, and I realized how important family was and how much God loved me through his people when I would made this horrible decision. It was back before we got married. made this horrible decision, got in a lot of trouble, and I'm sitting there with my pastor. And he says, Kyle, you've got to realize that people care about you, that your decisions affect people and we we love you and it, it literally it blew my mind i didn't i didn't realize until that moment that people actually care about me and that's when this verse came alive to me that the righteous will gather around me and and i think the last story that comes to mind is uh back in bend there was this tumultuous this kind of chaotic time that was going on in our lives and it was really hurtful and, and kind of scary and i remember that all throughout that my buddy jesse brown would show up with energy drinks he would show up uh with with qui- uh, J- jimmy john sandwiches and he would text me and he'd call me uh now he never plays chess with me it's like a week at a time but back then Back then, it was amazing. And so, the, so, you know, through all of this, yes, people can cause the deepest hurts. They do cause the deepest hurts. And people can also bring the greatest healing. And it comes through that forgiveness. So uh, what we're going to do is Andy's going to come up, and we're going to take an opportunity to, to start forgiving some people, to start letting some things go, to start unlocking that prison door so that way the healing can come. And so, Father, I thank you very much. For the opportunity, Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us, Lord, that we're going to praise your name, God, in the land of the living, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. A great couple of words. Um, We're just going to take a minute. We're going to respond to this word. You know, I'm going to add a piece to this. here's Here's the truth about forgiveness. Jesus said that if you don't forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. That's heavy. That's heavy. Sometimes we struggle in condemnation. We struggle in guilt. We struggle in shame. We struggle in just kind of like we feel locked up or whatever. And it's like, why, don't I, why do I feel this way? I keep praying, asking God to forgive me. I keep praying, asking God to help me. Sometimes it's because we haven't let others go. And in not letting other go, other people go, we find ourselves still trapped. Real bad things happen. And there is a difference between justifi- justification and forgiveness. It's easy to say, you know, I was raised bad, but, you know, I've made, I've made peace with it because if I wasn't raised that way, I wouldn't have turned out this way. And I, it's helped me. It's taught me some things. That's justification. I'm trying to justify what happened. If that person wouldn't have done that, I never would have had to dig in and really learn. That's justification. Forgiveness is, you know what? That was bad. It was bad. It hurt. 
and I forgive them anyway. I'm going to give it to God. That's forgiveness, and that hurts to let go sometimes. And it also works the other way, to go to God and not say, you know, yeah, but I'm doing really good, and I'm trying to do stuff, but just to go to God and say, you know what? I messed up. I can't fix it. It's too late. I just need forgiveness. That's it. I need a clean slate. In both cases, there's just a grace element and a mercy element to it that God wants us to live in. And that is what it takes to love people and to allow people to love us. Amen? So if you're here and you say, man, this is speaking to me. It was in worship. Jesse had a word on it. These words are on it. I know there's some people here. He's saying, I got to do this. I got to let go. You say, you know, I need to forgive. I need to forgive my parents. I need to forgive my spouse. I need to forgive my ex-spouse. I need to forgive my kids, I need to forgive my boss, I need to forgive whatever the case is, man, I need to forgive and let go of something right now. Just raise your hand. Just raise it. Keep it up for a minute. Just keep it there. Put it down. Oh, my arms are tired. Hey, Jesus, we're tired. They were tired. They're on the cross. Put it back up for just a second. If you see somebody with your hand up and they're close by you, you don't need to breathe all over them, but just go put a hand on their shoulder. And just pray for him, okay? If you're close by, just go put a hand on his shoulder. Just pray. We want to stand with people. This verse says that the righteous gathered around. Who are the righteous? That's those that have given their life to Jesus and his forgiveness has come upon them. And God has made them righteous, not of their own works, but of his works. His work on the cross. And we're saying, you know what? I'm just going to pray and just pray. Just gather around. Now it's on your part. The person with your hand raised, it's on your part. Now voice you need to voice it out. Just speak it out. Jesus actually literally, the reason we have it recorded in the Bible is because he literally voiced it out. He said, Father, forgive them. There's something powerful that happens when we speak things out. It's out of our heart, out of our mind, and we finally just say it. So right now, while you have this opportunity and God's stirring your heart, God's stirring you, just while it's on the surface, let it out. Just say, you know what, Father, I forgive. I forgive them. I don't justify it. I don't make it right. I don't try to excuse it. I don't try to give reason for it. But, Lord, I just forgive them. I just forgive them. And just let it go. Don't take it out of the church with you. Don't take it home. Because when you let it go, when you release that, when you give that to God, what you're doing is you're allowing it to be removed out of the way so that God's forgiveness and grace can come into your own life. Healing can come, and as healing comes, you can begin to walk in relationship with people again, and you don't have that sore. You don't have that raw nerve in your heart that just keeps getting triggered every time that you're around people. You say, you know what? I'm walking in forgiveness. I can love, and I can be loved again. God's bringing healing. Father, I just pray, Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in people's hearts right now. Lord, even for those that are with us right now online, God, I know there's some on Facebook and different places watching, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would just move by your spirit, Lord, right now. God, for everyone that's here, Lord, bring healing and bring forgiveness. Lord, this is love. Lord, this is love. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're, if you're still in that place, that you'll feel, feel free to pray as long as you want to do that. And for everybody else, you know, praise God. Thank you for being here. We're going to have uh, cake and food and stuff over there.
Stick around, make some friends, have a good time. God is good. And the idea of forgiveness, letting things go, getting these things out of the way, is so that we can come into community, love each other, and celebrate the goodness of God. Amen? Because God is good, and God has good things for us. The world's kind of crazy. But even in the midst of that, right, in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Right? We're supposed to live in a place of joy and a place of gratitude and a place of thankfulness with God. Amen? Guys, have a good day. Thanks for being here. I love you. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.